This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're in New York today. And we had so many great questions come in from the wilderness. Amazing questions. That we have a bonus episode. Woo! So here we go. So our first question is, Am I rude for having an expensive birthday dinner out with several friends? Is it rude not to pay? I have an upcoming birthday and my friend who booked it said it'll be a fun night out, but I feel a little diva. So is this rude? What's the right thing here? Well, I feel like the person writing this actually feels uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Well, I think it just comes down to who is hosting this? Yeah. If your friend is hosting it, then I feel like it's your friend's responsibility to pay for the evening. Mm -hmm. Like if I was to have a party for myself for my birthday and I picked a restaurant mm -hmm. and I invited people, mm -hmm. I feel like it's under the assumption that I'm paying for everyone. Yes. You are the host of the evening. You have selected the venue. You've selected the guest list. You've selected the time. Especially uh, if it's expensive then, and it's a party, I feel like whoever sets it up mm -hmm. is under the assumption that that person's paying. Right. And if you want people to pay for themselves, I think it's more that you go to a more bar atmosphere where people come in and go in and have separate checks and just swing by swing by yeah and drop say in. drop in yeah. grab a drink and that's when people are paying for themselves yeah i mean i think the way to think about it a restaurant is like your home when it comes to entertaining so if you come over i'm not going to charge you for the pretzels right i'm providing the pretzels similarly if i invite you to a restaurant i'm not going to charge you for the things i am providing vis-a-vis -vis the restaurant i think that if a group of friends get together to have a birthday party for you and mm -hmm. it's an email then everybody Everybody's the host. Then everybody's the host and everybody's probably going to pay for themselves and then split your dinner. Right. And that's totally fine. And that's a different situation. Right. So it just comes down to who is hosting and then whoever is hosting, either you, the birthday person, your friend or a group of friends, that person or people are the host and then they take care of the bill. Yes. And I think it's very nice if you have a birthday and you wanted to celebrate with your friends, no problem, host the evening. But what you should then do is make payment arrangements with the restaurant in advance. So that there isn't this weird awkwardness at the end of the meal where your friends are like, oh, should we pay? Should we not pay? So like just take care of it in advance so that it's just like my treat. Thank you for joining me on my birthday. Yeah, I always because I think in New York, you know, everybody's in different financial situations and mm -hmm. you never know. And sometimes people are very tight. I always address money right up top so people don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's gauche, but I just want it off the table. Hey, I'm celebrating my birthday. You know, come to this. 
you don't have to get anything. It's on me or it's just a bar. You can come in. You don't have to get anything. Just so people don't. Sometimes people really want to celebrate you, but they don't. They can't afford whatever was picked. Right. I think because the rule in this has become so murky, nobody knows what is actually supposed to happen. Right. And so sometimes that clarity of like, no, no, I'm taking care of the evening, even though you don't want to actually have to like clarify that. Sometimes the clarity actually is more polite because then it kind of just makes everybody feel more at ease. Yeah. They know what's happening. And keep putting people at ease is actually part of etiquette. Yeah. So for our birthday girl, I think she knows what to do. Yes. Our next- and have a wonderful birthday. Happy birthday. Our next question is about urinal etiquette. So, um, Leah- I actually have a lot of my guy friends complain to me about this. Okay. If there are three urinals in a men's bathroom and urinal one and three are occupied, but number two in the middle is free, should you wait or is it okay to use urinal number two? This one, I'm, I'm going to defer to you. Okay. So in general, in the bathroom, when there are urinals, you want to leave a buffer. So we like a buffer. So if you're going in and all urinals are unoccupied, do not go in the middle because if somebody else comes along, there is no buffer. Right. So you want to pick number one or three, given all the options. Right. Now, if one and three are occupied, you are allowed to use two. No problem. You do not have to maintain a buffer, but you have to create one if the opportunity arises. That seems completely logical. This is how it goes. And as long as we're on the subject of urinal etiquette, no talking. No talking (laughs) to other people. No talking on your phone. And also, don't hold your phone. While you're at the urinal? This, this is happening? Sure. No. Yeah. No. Yes. If I was an emoji, I would be that emoji right now with the exploding head. People are using their phone at a urinal? It, uh, it is possible. I can't handle it. Yeah, it I is. cannot handle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to just take a moment to let that sink in? I, I don't know. I almost just want to go wash my hands. Yeah. So uh, the phone at the urinal, whether or not you're on it or you're just using it, let's just not do that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens with the leaving a buffer in women's restrooms. Okay. Where there will be a long line of stalls. And say, for example, you know, at a rest stop or a restaurant, but rest stops, it's even more apparent because there's so many. Uh-huh. I'll go in, I'll go to the end. And then even if it's empty, somebody will come in and then they'll somehow manage to take one near me. I'm like, there is a whole, oh, a whole, what's happening that we, are we, are we a group mentality? Herd mentality. It's, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm about to get murdered. If you come in and come <laughs> directly next to me. It's close. In a huge bathroom. Yeah. I, I, it feels like something nefarious is about to happen. This is also just your Bane background, I think, kicking in. The Stephen King thing. Is it? Yeah. We're just like, things happen at rest stops <laughs> yeah, in Stephen it, King novels, I think. That is true. I mean, that happens everywhere. Yeah. I. But it is true. We want to always leave a buffer. If possible. If possible. It is kind to leave a buffer. Yeah. And then lastly, the, in the urinal etiquette, don't spit your gum in the urinal. What? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, you didn't know this was a problem. I didn't know this was a problem. But yeah, don't spit your gum in it. Yeah. Or anything else. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know in a urinal, there's actually like, sometimes they, uh, in the urinal itself, there's like a little black fly that they put on the urinal, like in bed into the porcelain to give people a target. No, I didn't know this. Yeah. Is it actually a fly? No, but it's a, it, it looks like a fly. But I mean, that's what I mean. They make it look like a fly? Mm-hmm. Why a fly? Fly isn't like the the insect that flies around. Yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why? Why would you make a fly? Um, as opposed to what? A, a, a dot. rainbow. Just a dot. This no. is where you're or a target. How about a target like a like uh-huh. an arrow? Like yes. Uh-huh. I don't know how the fly happened. Why? What did what did flies do that they deserve? Uh, I guess. How odd. Yeah, the science behind this, I'm not sure. 
but I'm sure somebody's researched it. It's some PhD dissertation out there. Disturbing. Yeah. So urinal etiquette. A lot to say. Our next question comes from down under. I think we have a lot of fans in Australia. Oh, a fantastic set of which Australians. Which is great. Yeah. So this is painting a scene. This is from a flight. So I think they wrote this mid-flight from Sydney to Brisbane. Quote, is it appropriate to wear shoulder bags and backpacks after boarding a plane and making your way down the aisle? If someone slams your shoulder with their shoulder bag or backpack as they pass and you're already seated, is it appropriate to say something or shove them back? (laughs) And what if airline crew repeatedly bump you as they stride up and down the aisle? So it sounds like somebody's not having a very good flight. No. Sounds like very unpleasant. Um, I mean, I think in general, you want to be mindful that you don't hit other people with your luggage. Yeah, I try to hold mine in front of me in the angle that it's least going Mm -hmm. into the most aerodynamic angle. Yeah, yeah. Aerodynamics, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And you like to put the bag in front of you rather than behind you. Yeah, so I can see, I can make sure that it's not hitting people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes it's a little bump and I always apologize. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sorry. But mm-hmm. I'm very aware of where my bag is. Yeah. And I don't keep it on my back because that's when you hit people. And like when people have a shoulder bag and it's actually over their shoulder, this is not very aerodynamic. Like yeah. It's inherently sort of off to the, the midline of your body. Which I think is why you take it down and put it in front of you. Yeah. So I think you kind of have to shimmy uh, down the aisle. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I think in answer to this question, what do you do about the airline crew? Well, I don't know. Also, if you shove them when people do oh, that. Oh, do you shove. I think you could just go, you could say something like, oh, oh, so sorry. Or, oh, pardon you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the apologizing for the bad thing you did. Like, oh, I'm so sorry when you bump into me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't agree with this? Well, I mean, I sometimes I apologize when people bump into me and I think, why did I apologize? Because by apologizing, what you're really saying to them is like, you're an animal. I know, but uh, maybe we should just um, say it directly, but politely. You're an animal. <laughs> but like, uh, you're welcome. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, uh, that's a different style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think I like the, oh, I'm sorry response it's very canadian it's very well i've been but it's canadian to mean it you're oh, using true. it not me when i moved here i said sorry to everybody and i meant it oh so then i'm trying to not oh, yeah, say I don't sorry mean it. yeah and then i don't want to say something i don't mean yeah, etiquette is not about sincerity <laughs> no but i want to be sincere i see okay well that's why we're different yeah i know um <laughs> but i think there you can be like hey you're finding a way to make somebody recognize they're smashing into you mm-hmm. because not because it was a mistake but if they just don't care I think you're allowed to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Now about the crew. I don't know what you do about the crew. Yeah. Crew sometimes, is, you know, if they're having a bad day, they, they can get a little aggressive down yeah, the Yeah, they really can. To be a flight attendant, I think is definitely one of the harder jobs. Yeah, I think it definitely is. Yeah. Their, their patience must be so thin some days. And so yeah. I think sometimes they're just trying to get up and down the aisle. Yeah. I think with them, maybe we let a little extra. We let we let it go with the, the crew. They're maybe. just trying to serve, you know, get get drinks down the aisle and imagine how many people just keep their feet out in their bags. True, yeah. Yeah, just give me a waffle and keep going. Yeah. Have you ever had a waffle? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about the Dutch with the- It's like uh, a waffle thing with a caramel? Yes. Yeah, it's good. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started at 10. And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say, the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question, a little long, stick with me. Quote, my husband, a mainer, so somebody from your neck of the woods works in the family business and enjoys working with my mom, uh, who is the boss. My 80-year-old grandpa, however, still comes in every day and spends most of the day chatting, i.e. distracting, people. He routinely plops himself at my husband's desk at around 4 o'clock and proceeds to tell him repeat stories of the old days and ask non-self questions like, when are we moving to his town? And when are we going to go to his church? All the way up to the close of business while my husband is trying to get work done. My husband will try and say, I've got a lot of work to do. And my grandpa will not get it and will just respond with, what are you working on? So you will be a miracle worker if you have any tips on what to do. Well, I'd like to say I'm very honored that this wonderful person is trusting us because mm-hmm. this is a very layered situation. Mm-hmm. And not just because somebody involved is from Maine. Yeah, no. No. From any, I'm obviously extra honored that one of my peoples is reaching out, but mm-hmm. this is very layered. Very layered. No good answers here. Um, I bet I think we can find a, a reasonable way. Oh, we, we're going to come up with something. Yeah. So I guess the first question is like, is this even an etiquette question? Well, I think the part of it that's etiquette is that grandpa is grandpa. I think the part where she's saying grandpa's like, when are you moving here? When are you, mm. you know, it's these, you want to be polite. You want to be polite. We don't be rude to grandpa to get him out of the way. Right. Right. And then there's the other issue of obviously it's a family business and then and then the husband's coming in and he probably sort of wants to still be the head honcho grandpa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also I feel like I guess we don't want to have mom talk to grandpa. Yeah, it feels like that's not an option in this yeah, scenario. Yeah, because otherwise that would have been brought up. But I mm-hmm. do think that grandpa is also A, wants to still be in the business because that's what he knows mm-hmm. and where he feels important. So my first thought was to find a thing for grandpa to do. I was also thinking this. Yes. Yes. That that he's a little bored. Yeah. And he wants to be involved. And he wants to feel useful. Yeah. We're not going to change somebody, you know, basically being like, when are you moving here? When are you doing that? That's, but if you occupy his time otherwise, because mm-hmm. um, he clearly likes to be there, 
then that may be the best move. Yeah, it feels like if there's a copying or the end of the day post office run or maybe some filing or like maybe there's some task or errands, maybe this is something we can occupy his time with. Yeah, and Grandpa seems to really like to be, if Grandpa could somehow be involved in a community outreach, like he seems to <laughs> like talking to people. Okay, so we So wanna... if there's like a meeting greeting thing that Grandpa could do or- okay. You know what I mean? Because he clearly wants to talk. True. Okay. So how do we turn this into an asset? Yeah. Make it make it an asset That's where good. he's away from your husband's desk yeah. so your husband can work. Yeah. And then grandpa feels important. Mm-hmm. I would just create a thing for grandpa to do. Yeah. Because he clearly has to be there because of some reason we don't, isn't addressed. Mm-hmm. And mom is not dealing with a situation who would be the closer person to deal with it. Yes. So to not overstep, I would brainstorm on possible things that grandpa could do and be like, this would be a really helpful thing that he's isn't within his wheelhouse. Right. Another thing I was thinking of, can we get an office with the door that has a lock? Can I just lock them out? No. No. <laughs> this is Maine. We don't have locks on our houses. That's true. You think we have locks on our office doors inside a building? Yeah. Stop. Sorry. Sorry. There was Stop. Fantasy. Also, the idea that you would lock somebody in your family out to be like, I'm just working in here. No. Okay. No. Well, I was just brainstorming. I just had it on the whiteboard. It's no bad ideas on the whiteboard. No, my family. I'll be in the bathroom and my mom will be like, there's a phone call for you and like stick her hand. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm in the shower. I'm not going to, you don't need to bring it. (laughs) Okay. People don't lock doors. Okay. Uh, So then I guess the idea that we would rearrange the office to remove any seating near the desk. So grandpa can't sit near you. I mean, that's an option. Okay. We like that maybe. (laughs) We would just make it a subtle, oh, I just took away all of the chairs. Yeah. What if it was like those little spikes that prevent birds (laughs) on ledges? And we just put that around the office. I mean, that seems, it's a new art thing we're doing. We just yeah. put spikes on things. Uh-huh. Another idea I had was like noise canceling headphones. Like at the end of the day, we just like put really big headphones that are very like headphone on and be like, try and create a little bubble world where you try and just ignore him. Yeah, I guess you could put the headphones on. Then when he comes in, which he clearly will take them off and be like, oh, I'm just right in the middle of this. I got it. Let me get. And then you put them back on. It's mm-hmm. like a visual signifier mm-hmm. that one has to go back to work. Yeah. So I think uh, I still like the uh, let's lock them out idea, but uh, <laughs> that is not going to happen. That's going to happen. What about the husband goes somewhere else at the end of the day? The husband changes venues. The husband goes to the public library to finish his work. Today. That's I think also an option. Yeah, I think maybe the husband just has to go somewhere else if he can't go into an office with the door and a lock. Yeah, because you're saying it happens every day around four. That's mm-hmm. in this. So maybe he goes somewhere else. Yeah. So three thirty, we're we're heading to you know the local Starbucks for right. Which I understand is we're all working around Grandpa, but at, sometimes you have to when it's older family members and there's not like other options here. Yeah, we wouldn't do this with somebody who was just working an employee. You'd be like, hey, you can't talk right now. I'm working. Right. But I feel like these are special circumstances. Yes. So hopefully we've given them some ideas. Yes, some options. And I really hope one of those works. Yeah, write back and let us know how it went. Let us know. Okay. Our next question is, when the bus you're on is approaching your stop, but you're a bit far away from the doors, and due to the bus being very crowded, Leah already is just like, <laughs> you should see what Leah's doing as I'm reading this question. So you're on this bus, it's very crowded, you're a little far away from the doors, and you're not sure if you're going to be able to get out in time. And so our letter writer wants to know, would it be polite to ask the person around you uh, if you can sort of get ahead before the bus comes at the stop? Or is it better to wait until the bus comes to a complete stop and then rush for the doors, risking accidentally pushing someone or stepping on someone's foot on your way out? So Leah 
has some ideas on this topic. I don't have ideas. What I have is a phobia of the bus because oh. these kind of situations make me so anxious oh. that I, I don't take people be like, oh, you can take the crosstown. I'm not taking a bus. I will walk where I don't have to negotiate oh. all of these social things that I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. I feel like if you're the next stop, you should get up the stop before and move close to the door. Mm, preposition. Because you often don't have enough time to run. Yeah. But when I'm the person standing on the subway and people start to stand up before the train has stopped, I am then now... I'm holding on to something so I don't fall over. Now I got to move everything while the thing is moving mm. because you want to get up pre-stop. Now we're all going to fall. So the idea is you want to pre-position while the vehicle, subway or bus, is not in motion. Yes. But before your stop. Yeah, so to go one before. Okay. So you want to kind of just like jostle. Okay, that's it. that feels reasonable. Yeah. Also, in New York, though, people just yell. Getting off. Yep. Excuse me. Getting off. Getting off on the stop, hold the door. Yeah. And you just kind of shove your way through. And I guess I, I wouldn't call it acceptable, but it certainly happens. In yeah, New York it's City. just how you got to get it's off. It's just how we do it. Because it is hard if somebody's standing over you and you're sitting down and then you ask them to move, especially because the stop is coming. So when the stop comes, that's when people want to be holding on to the thing they're holding on to mm -hmm. because of the jostle. True. So to ask somebody to move right before the jostle. That is rude. Yeah. Because then that person, especially if they're carrying a lot or maybe, you know, they have some kind of a balance issue you don't know about. Okay. So I guess the rule is everybody stays where they are while the vehicle's in motion. Mm -hmm. Nobody moves anywhere if we're in motion, but once we're stopped, either get off or you preposition. Yeah. Preposition for the next one. Or you can get yourself ready. You know what I mean? Have your, you know, have your bags up, da, 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 mm -hmm. da, da, da. So when it's about to stop, then you can move as fast as possible. Yeah. And then you're also signaling to the person in front of you, I'm going to move as soon as we stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing that I don't like is that in New York City, when you're like on a subway and it's approaching Times Square mm -hmm. and someone in the middle is like, I'm going to get off at this station. It's like, everyone's going to get <laughs> yeah. off at this station. Everybody's getting off like, here. You don't need to, we're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I've had this girl behind me go, can you move? Uh, I'm going to get off. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm also getting off. The train is still in motion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this is a major stop. Yeah. Most of us are exiting. The here. car will be empty. Yeah. So our next question is about banquettes and chairs. So our letter writer wants to know when dining out, who should get the banquette and who should get the chair? Nick. <laughs> okay. So historically, this question is like a little sexist. Uh, there's some gender roles at mm. play. Because that's what we're really asking. Does the man or the woman get the chair? Oh, is I think that what is, we're asking? Oh, is that not what you got from this question? I didn't get that. But that oh. doesn't mean that that's not what this what is. What were you getting from this question? Who should get the banquette and who should get the chair? <laughs> you just read this. <laughs> that's just top level. That's all you got from this. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think some people think that the person who is needs to sit down more okay. gets the banquette. I see. Okay. Like so, if they're pregnant or older uh -huh. or because it's the bigger area. Typically, yes. Although I think in New York City, the banquette is actually not always the more desirable seat because in some restaurants, have you ever experienced this where- Oh yeah, there's so many people. You get to the restaurant and they actually take the entire table out <laughs> and move it completely out of the way and you just walk to the banquette and then they put the table back and there's only maybe two inches of space between you and the next table. So you could not get out again. Right. This is not necessarily a more desirable spot. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like, uh, do we recognize- I always just say, which would you rather sit in? So I, I think the way to think about it, uh, if we're not thinking about it in like traditional gender roles. Which is maybe a great thing to think about because I didn't 
It didn't even occur to you? No. Okay. Yeah, I think there is a a sense of like chivalry in general and chivalry doesn't necessarily have to be gender related. If you just want to offer the nicer seat to the other person, then you could give them the choice. Right. Uh, And if they want to take the banquet, then great. If that's the nicer spot. Yeah, I I just ask people what they prefer. Yeah. I do think some people prefer the chair. Sometimes the chair is more comfortable. And if you're tall or you need the back support or you have longer legs. Yeah, and some people like to be able to get out quick. Yeah. It's because of like a claustrophobia. And I think if you do sit in the banquette and the banquette is like looking at over the restaurant, it is important to try and keep your focus on your guests though. Yeah. You know, don't if you're if you find that you get distracted, you're a magpie and you see little sparkly objects all over the rest of the room and you can't just like focus on your dining companion, maybe don't take the banquette. Yeah. I just I don't have a preference. I always love to not have my back to the door. Oh. So well, that's just a, a mafia thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I always offer, do you have a preference? And, you know, I'm happy to send mm-hmm. either. And then if people are like, no, do you? I'll be like, I'd love to not have my back to the door. Okay. What, what is that about? I just want to see if somebody's coming in. Okay. That I should know about. Mm. Our next question <laughs> is the wedding was called off and I already sent a gift. Should they send it back? So. Do you want me to go? Sure. I feel like that person is going through something. <laughs> and unless it was a new house or a wildly expensive present, we could just let it go. Oh, interesting. Because they're probably right in the middle of a crisis. So I've sent a wedding gift somewhere. They've called off the wedding. You're going to let it go. Yeah. Okay. So I think- Because I do think that your friend will, once they come out of this cloud of what just happened to my life, We'll deal with the presents. Right, yeah. I don't think... Give them an amount of time to figure it out. Yes. Broadly speaking, the wedding gift should be returned. Oh, definitely it should be returned, but I do believe that that person will come to the realize... Yeah, give them a a little time. Yeah, it does not need to be like on the next... uh, Oh, heard you're not getting married anymore. Can I get my my (laughs) vase back? Yeah. ASAP. I need that to be the thing you do today. Yeah, and it was engraved, but I'll use it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think you do need to send the gifts back eventually if you call for wedding. If you get divorced, you do not need to send gift back. No. A wedding gift is just if a wedding happened at all, not whether or not it worked out. Right. If your marriage was annulled, I think you give the gifts back. Mm. Right? I think you give the gifts back if it was annulled because a wedding technically never happened. Right. Right? Oh, I definitely think they should send them back if it didn't happen. I'm just saying the person who- Yeah. Give them a a hot second. Yeah. Okay. Because they're dealing with, I guarantee you. Yeah. And when you- A lot. And when you do give a gift back, I think they should include a thank you note. Thanks for sending this. Yeah. Thanks for sending this. My life fell apart. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no. Thanks for sending this. I, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> Could be. Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. But I do I do think it should be accompanied with a thank you note, which does feel like a little insult to injury, but- I didn't think about it. Yeah. But- Thank you so much for the gift. Uh, sorry that we weren't able to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, this is the answer. No, I mean, I'm saying I don't know what I would write, but I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. What the actual prose would be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Who who could have seen that coming? Yeah. Who would have known? He I was... would obviously write a joke. You would have to. Laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> see, laughter is the best way to be like, whoo. So our last question actually comes in two parts uh, and they're both food related. I just want to say really quick to that last one. Yeah. This happens and people. Oh, the weddings get called yeah, off? Get oh, called sure. All the time. And I don't think, I think that sometimes well, not people. all the time. Sometimes. Sometimes it happens. And so it's sometimes it happens. So I think your friends know you and love you and, you know, don't feel. Oh, yeah. Don't don't worry about yeah, it. Sending the gifts back is probably the least of your problems yeah. in this moment. Yes. Don't feel bad. Yes. And also, if you feel like you need to call off a wedding, do that 
and don't not do that because you're worried about like gifts and all that other stuff. Right. I feel like a lot of people don't call it the wedding because they're worried about other people. Yeah. And they feel like, oh, we have to go through with this because we sent out the invitations. And people sent presents. Better to call it off. Definitely. Send back the gifts. Definitely. So our next question, food related, two parts. Or it's just one person who had two questions for us, which we're happy to answer. Our first question from this person is, how does one go about politely refusing food that a host has prepared if it is not appetizing or if you are concerned about how it was prepared? Mm. Well, we've had this discussion for the Thanksgiving when we were talking about hosting. Right. And you and I came in differently on this. We did. I don't think you have to eat things that people have prepared. Especially if it's pee related. (laughs) I mean, obviously pee related, (laughs) but... People don't know why you can't eat things. Well, there's two parts of this. One is the, oh, I would just rather not eat something. The second part feels like a food safety question. Right. But I don't think you need to tell your host, I don't trust your sanity. Your sanit- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that kind of word was used. I was going to say used. sanitation devices, but that's absolutely <laughs> wrong. I don't think you need to comment on your- Oh, you can't give a reason. Yeah, that's honest. Don't comment. Like, oh, I saw that cutting board was used for poultry yeah. and for vegetables. Yeah. Because it's just going to come across as, you seem gross, right. which we don't want to do that. That's not but a I thing think you say. can politely decline. Oh, I'm not. I mean, that's tough though. If you're a guest in someone's home and they're serving you food and you'd be like, oh, actually I would rather not eat this. Yeah, but there's other food. There will be like a side. Hopefully there is something else at this dinner that you can eat and that your concerns about food safety or whatever's happening is not about everything at the meal. Right. That would be ideal. I think if you just cannot eat anything, if you just can't touch anything. You're going to have to... Illness? Yeah. I think we have to feign illness. I really am against dishonesty, but if you absolutely can't do it mm-hmm. and you're not going to touch any of the food, you're going to have to come up with something. Yeah. We have a stomach problem that is kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's no real polite way to decline food. Or you could actually say, no, I'm not going to invent lies, but you're going to have <laughs> to invent one. Okay. But yeah, it's hard. It's it's a tough situation. Ideally, you would do whatever you're about to do in a way that the host doesn't notice. Yeah. Or is subtle. And then if the host does notice, it's on them to not comment. Right. So everyone has their part to play. But I do think it's totally fine if you're at a meal and there's multiple foods on the table. You don't have to take all of them. You're not responsible to like all the food. Uh, yeah, I think we come in differently on we this. We really do because when I host, I don't want people to be eating things they don't like because they want... I want them to be happy and comfortable. Eat what you want to eat. I don't mind. And that's a nice host position to take. But as a guest, if everything's sort of being served. I mean, also it depends if this is French service or if this is a la russe or if this is... We'll talk about that in another show. Right. Because, well, that's not (laughs) happening in my house. But I wouldn't take it in any way if people didn't want one of the items. Yeah. I would not personally be offended. But as a guest, if something is being passed around, I would know that my host knows that I'm not taking something. So... You could also, unless you think that's so contaminated that it would contaminate everything. Like peas. I mean, obviously, move them to a different room. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you could just take a little, mm-hmm. put them in a, yeah, not I, make a deal of it. Just put a little and then just move the plate along. Yeah, shuffle it along. Yeah, Shuffle it along and don't touch it. Yeah. And then our next question here is from the same author. Is it ever okay to bring a food item to a social gathering that is open or has been partially consumed? I know the answer is no, as I think that it is rude and I would never do it, but it's been done to me. The circumstances were special, but not extenuating. <laughs> Thoughts? I just, sometimes, and I love this, mm-hmm. I think people write in so they feel supported yes. that we agree. Yes, you are not I, insane. A wrong has been done to you. You have been wronged. You have been wronged. Etiquette crime has been committed. Yes. Cuff them. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is wrong. 
Yeah. And but, I would love to know what the special circumstances I, are that were not like, I assume in extenuating circumstances that you're on the way to a party and you are hijacked <laughs> and kept in a room for days. Uh-huh. And the only food you are allowed to eat uh-huh. is the food that you've brought with you, yeah. at which time you show up at your friend's house late uh-huh. with half eaten food. Okay. Otherwise, I can't understand no what other circumstances are. Also, I think there are slightly different degrees of this too. I mean, well, there's different flavors. One is how formal is this thing that we're going to? Like if I'm just coming over to your house and we're watching 90 Day Fiance and I brought a bag of chips that I had at home and I already ate some of them, this feels slightly less problematic than like dinner party at your house. Absolutely. Like if you came over, I, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Right. And then it also feels like the item itself sort of matters. Like if it is a chunk of a whole. Right. Like if it's a loaf of bread or a bottle of wine. Or like a lasagna with a missing piece. <laughs> right. Versus like a bag of chips where like you could eat one chip, but it just the bag itself was opened. Or like a box of cookie where like one cookie was removed, but there are still whole cookies available. I also think like if you're going to eat a cookie out of a box, mm-hmm. take all the cookies out of the box, put it on a plate and throw some cellophane on that. Oh. Because then nobody knows it's missing. That's also nice. Yeah. That's a that's a smart way to do it. I feel like if you're going to eat some of it, take the chips out of the bag, put it in a bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Throw mm-hmm. a topper on it. Yeah. Okay. This is a nice clever loophole. Yeah. But yeah, to just bring something that's opened to someone's house, provocative. Provocative? Provocative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you as a host could be like, I honestly would just think it was hilarious. So I would be like, did you start that sandwich on the way over here? And then we would just have a laugh. Yeah. I don't think I would be so charitable, <laughs> but that's why we're different. So do you have questions out there? Are we going to label this episode? That's why we're different. <laughs> that's why we're, we're different. <laughs> that's the only reason we're different. That's the one. Yep. Plus the one that we started the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll bookend it. So do you have questions out there? Oh, of course you do. So send them to us. You can send them to us through our website, where you raised by wolves.com. Or, and this is what we would prefer, leave us a voicemail. Please. We want to hear your voice because we get tone and nuance. And we can understand it. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail. 267-CALL-RBW. You can also send us a text message there too. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. 
And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.